the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our Mass today, we celebrate two very important realities to our faith. Today, on the one hand, we are celebrating the remembrance on this day of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the temple in Jerusalem, her entrance into the temple. But also in today's Mass, today is the Sunday next before Advent. And those of you who have been here for a while, been Orthodox for a while, anytime you hear Sunday next, we're preparing right now. We're preparing for a great and holy season. We have this Sunday given to us, this Mass and everything in it, to set the tone and set the stage that we prepare our souls throughout this upcoming week to enter into the blessed and holy season of Advent as we await the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In both of these realities, the Blessed Mother's entrance into the temple and our preparation for Advent, there are some things in both to prepare our hearts to give us the appropriate posture of our souls as we journey with Christ through Advent. First, let's look at the presentation very briefly. St. Joachim and Anna, parents to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Many of you will remember their story, that all of their adult and marital age, throughout all of their lives, they were barren. They could not have children. I can't stress to you enough the shame at that time that was placed on those who could not bear children in the Hebrew culture, particularly during that time. They were outcasts. They were seen as lesser because they could not bear children. They lived every day of their lives and of their marital life, walking and journeying with that shame in their heart and over their heads and in their mind. And we're told that they pleaded with God day after day, Lord, have mercy and grant us a child. Take away our shame. Take away our shame. I wish I could spend more time talking about that. All I ask and pray is that we enter into the great desperation and longing, that you see the longing that St. Joachim and Anna had for deliverance from their condition, deliverance from their shame in those moments. And they told God, Lord, if you ever give us a child, this child, we're going to offer that child to you for your use and for only your use. And the Lord heard their cry for deliverance. And he came and bestowed upon them this blessed child. And through them in their old age, miraculously, they would bear the mother of God, the blessed Virgin Mary. And when she was very young. They came to the temple to present the Blessed Virgin Mary to God. That she live a life separated unto him for his holy use in the temple among all the other temple virgins of that day that did service throughout the temple. She would be raised there in that holy place of the temple. Serving among the other temple virgins, she would live a life dedicated to God in prayer. Dedicated to God in the hearing and the receiving of the holy scriptures. And dated, dedicated to God in the service of God in that place with all others who were there. The Blessed Virgin was offered to God faithfully by her parents. And she would then continue to offer her life 
to God completely. Offering yourself to God in the posture of her life would be clearly seen on the Annunciation when the Archangel Gabriel would come to the Blessed Virgin Mary, telling her God's will, God's plan, that salvation himself will be born of you, even yet a virgin. And what is the response of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which should be the response of us all on a daily basis? Be it unto me, Lord, as you will. Be it unto me, as you will. Her disposition, her posture, would bring salvation to herself, for she was in need of salvation. Salvation himself would dwell in her. And because of that holy posture of offering herself, because of that, salvation would bring life to the world through her. In Advent, Advent is a season that cultivates this posture. Cultivate within us a longing and a desperation for the deliverance of Christ. But also cultivate within us our disposition, having received him, to live for him and offer him all of ourselves, all of our days. We're going to look at all of this today. And here in the second, in the Sunday next before Advent, as we prepare our hearts to journey through so Christ may do that holy work in our lives, we remember the very meaning of Advent. The meaning of Advent comes from a Latin word meaning the coming of or the arrival of someone. And it is entirely by the grace of God that during this holy season of Advent, the church, we can experience something amazing. We can experience literally what the entire creation experienced from the fall of man to the very incarnation birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Looking back and looking forward at his coming to deliver us, we can enter into creation's very longing to be redeemed. Every soul, everything that had fallen from the fall of man on had a longing and a yearning. And we can actually enter in miraculously to that time, or I should say that timelessness, where the grace of God comes to us to cultivate within us a longing for God. And at the same time, we are graced to set our face towards another coming. To prepare our lives for the second coming of the King of Kings, who when he appears, every soul will be raised before him and go before the judgment seat of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're given the experience of both of these realities in Advent all together in order to write something. Our Lord desires to write something into our souls, into our life experience of his salvation through this blessed and holy season. So let's look in Advent at both of these experiences. The first, looking back, stepping back to look forward to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ at the, end, at the Incarnation. I said just a moment ago, if we could only see and experience the impact, in some ways we do, but see the full impact of what creation experienced in the moment of the fall, we would weep. We would weep at everything that turned, that changed, that became lesser. You have got to understand that when the fall of man occurred, absolutely all of creation felt it. All of creation from that very moment, because of the experience of the fall, began to long for and yearn for the redemption of God of all things. Everything existing yearned for it. All creation, it could be said, 
groaned and cried out to God, God, restore all of this. Make things as they once were in the beginning. Come with your deliverance and deliver all things. And this would be all creation, including mankind. What I just expressed to you would be in the very breath and heart of man, even if they didn't know it. There was a yearning inside man, yearning for something more than he was because he knew this wasn't all there was. And we see this yearning, crying out to God, even among God's people, all through the Old Testament. All through the Old Testament. I'll give you one example. And that's when our Lord God revealed himself to Moses in the burning bush. When God's people were in such horrendous captivity and oppression. And living an awful existence in this life of great suffering. The Lord said to Moses, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. God's words to Moses show us the cry of the people for deliverance. They were suffering an incredible oppression. They were living in far less of a human condition. They had been dropped even from where they were when Joseph came into Egypt and welcomed God's people in. There they were elevated, they were blessed, and they were growing, but Pharaoh snuffed it all out in fear. Fear that they would take over the nation. And so he started limiting their food. And he started increasing their labors and the count of what they must produce and beating them when they failed. This was not the true human existence. And they knew, the people knew when they cried out to God, the wretchedness of their condition. And out of the wretchedness of their experience in life and the wretchedness of the condition within them, they cried out to God to deliver them. What does God say? I have heard. Oh, if you can't taste the love of God in three words, I have heard. I have heard the cries of my people and I will come and deliver them. You see, as it's of all creation is crying out something's wrong. Something is missing. Something's not as it should be. Someone come and help and save us and deliver us. And so in both the scriptures and the prayers of the holy season of Advent, we hear these cries. But we also see the great promise of the one who has heard the cries of all creation and of his people all during that time period before the incarnation. The hope of God is placed before us as well as our longing. Just like you heard in the epistle reading from the prophet Jeremiah today. Listen to the words of the promise of God. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness upon the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved. And Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called. The Lord our righteousness. You see my friends in Advent we enter into the longing. But we enter into the longing with the full knowledge and the promise and the fulfillment that the deliverer is coming and has come. But we must enter into the longing as part of this. The second coming of Christ that we prepare ourselves for, that is set right before us in the holy season of Advent, the Lord stirs up within us the reality that Christ will come again. 
He will advent himself again. My friends, Advent, even though we don't know when that day will be, Advent is the clarion call, the wake-up call that reawakens us that Christ's return is both a reality and is imminent. And we will see in Holy Scripture and in the prayers of Advent this idea regarding the truth, such as in our Matins reading, even this morning as we're preparing ourselves for Advent, what was our Matins reading? The parable of the sheep and the goats. What's that parable about? That coming. For when the Lord Jesus Christ comes in the clouds, every soul will go before him. And he will separate the sheep and the goats, the good and the evil. Every soul will go before God. Will go before Christ our God. And what is going to be the litmus test of his perfect loving judgment over every soul. And righteous judgment over every soul. He will look upon every soul there. And he will look to see, A, did you receive my Holy Spirit? And B, did you cultivate the blessed gift of that Holy Spirit, fanning it into flames, living and dwelling for me all of my days? And from living and dwelling in me, that you experienced my transformation power of your very soul, redeeming you to the most true human person you were created to be. He'll look and he'll see those who did so. And to those will be granted paradise. What's he looking for? He's looking to see himself in his people. He's looking to see his divine nature having grown. That they came out of that poor, oppressed, poverty-stricken condition of the soul. And had grown in the richness of who he is. That's how our Lord will judge every soul. And so we will spend our lives not only looking back and growing in longing. For our own souls to be healed. But we will let that create in us a drive pressing us into our Lord Jesus Christ every day of our lives. So that we will stand before him and he will see himself in us. Preparing for that final holy day. My friends, we must enter into both. The experience by grace of growing into a longing. We talk about growing into the longing of all creation. In Advent, that powerful longing of all creation to be redeemed is to be squarely found within our own souls. That we grow into the authentic life of realizing as the Lord illuminates it within us. Realizing the poverty that we have experienced because of the fall. That we experience within ourselves, we have illuminated for ourselves just how much we lost in the fall of man. Based on even our current condition, still dwelling a bit here and there in those results of the fall. And we enter into that longing so that we are driven to present it to Christ who is coming, has come, will come again. You see, the first reflection of Advent paves the way for the second where we live daily with oil in our lamps so that we see the bridegroom when he comes to call us to that final banquet. And our deliverer then will see himself in us and my friends, we will taste his true and final deliverance. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.